Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr. Once a month, I've been trying to do these Industry Insider episodes. They're hugely popular and it's a chance to uh, interview someone in the music industry that, and, and we focus on a specific topic. And today's topic is playlisting and we're talking all about how to get better at playlisting, some best practices for, for getting um, your artist's music on playlists. And my guest today is Mike Warner, who literally wrote the book and a book called Work Hard, Playlist Hard, which just recently um, received a second edition. Uh, and it's a fantastic book. It's very helpful. And, and I'll provide a link in the description of this. And, and, and always our book links are available on our website at otherrecordlabels.com slash books. And Mike's website is Work Hard, Playlist Hard. Some of you maybe have interacted with him uh, or seen some of his workshops. We dive into some really, really specific, uh, very very nuanced um, uh, information on on how to record labels and artists can be better uh, at, at getting their music on playlists, not just official playlists, but on on user generated playlists and, and on making their own playlists and just overall best practices. Now, I will say, and this is kind of ironic, but at the time of recording this introduction, when we did the episode, it was a couple months ago, and I always try to keep our episodes very evergreen because I want to just kind of cover the basics and I want people people to be able to, I know how, the way that this content works, that people come into the podcast a few years late, and, and I want people to listen to this and to find it helpful in a year from now or two years from now, if that's if technology allows. Uh, and so it is just kind of ironic that as we release this, there is an ongoing um, debate about Spotify and, and, and some of the, um, the, the, the royalty rates or the lack of royalty rates uh, and, and some of the, um, the uh, misinformation that's happening. And it's just, it's just ironic that this episode was scheduled to come out. But today what we're talking about uh, hopefully applies to all of the streaming platforms. And it seems to be that streaming is here to say to to stay for a little while and we talk a lot on this show about how streaming uh, is maybe for some of our passive listeners or maybe it's a more accessible way for even our active fans to listen to the music but then they still go over and support us on Bandcamp by buying physical products or actually paying for digital downloads so that still happens and just like we talked about in our episode last week streaming can be just one of the many multiple revenue streams for a record label or for an independent artist and maybe for you that's a really big revenue stream and maybe for a lot of us, it's a very small, very insignificant revenue stream. Wherever you fall on that spectrum, I hope you find this week's episode helpful. I think you were, uh, so we'll roll now. I, I, I think you were on this show almost three years ago. I, I didn't actually check before you came on. Um, but what I want to ask you is, I mean, it was probably back in 2018 that we were talking and we're at the end of 2021 now. What has changed wow. when it comes to streaming in the past few years? It seems like streaming is here to stay. Is is it something that's always changing the strategies and, and the plan of attack? It is always changing, but there's some things that will always apply. You, you know, like the the outreach, sending those emails, trying to find the right people, get music in front of them. That part hasn't changed. But what I've seen is a lot of people have started to think way outside of the box and to be more specific, the playlist box. Um, right. So a lot of people have looked at it and said, yes, I want to get on playlists beyond sending it to the right people, filling out those forms, asking around. 
there has to be more that I can do. And playlists is one of the many things they would like to achieve for their music. And honestly, it's so refreshing that people are not completely focused on playlists anymore. So I've seen people spending more time on social media, whether it's creating reels on Instagram or posting their own content on TikTok or going live across Reddit and Twitch. There's all these things that they're doing now where they're actually finding ways to connect directly with those fans as opposed to having this mysterious audience that they don't know necessarily who's listening. They can have direct conversations. They can DM their fans. Mm -hmm. Their fans can subscribe directly to them and provide them with tips in in the form of money tips and things like that. It's just been really fun to see because I feel like the direction we're going now with creators in general, not just with artists, is that they became they're in a position where they can actually connect with their audience on a deeper level, have conversations with them, get to know them. And it's a great experience for the artist, but it's also a really good experience for the fan. Because go back 10, 15 years, you find a band, you fall in love with them. You don't know if they're, if they're aware of your existence or not. Whereas now, they could be live streaming on Twitch or any other platform. They see you in the comments. They shout you out by name yeah. and ask you a question and you write back in the chat. I mean, yeah. try doing that at a live concert. You know, yeah. Let's just stop after the end of this track and talk to the audience <laughs> yeah. and ask you, where are you from? What do you do? <laughs> And we're doing that it as music. Work. We're doing that as music fans with the artists we love. Like even even big artists are are responding to their fans. It's incredible. Yeah, it's so nice to see. I mean, uh, some of the artists that you would think are, have these big walls up that you're never going to get access to them. You realize no, they just want to hang out. Yeah, they want to they want to meet their fans. And are you? Are, are you suggesting online? Are you suggesting in in your opening comments that that playlisting and playlists have lost a little bit of their luster and a little bit of their uh, their power? In a way, I think it's the world of playlisting has become really saturated. You know, mm-hmm. whereas when streaming was in the early days, someone could create a playlist and if it was well curated and it had the right SEO and keywords and things like that, they could grow it and it would be extremely valuable. Whereas now, everyone's creating their own playlists for themselves. The challenge is to get them to follow anything else when they can have complete control over what goes in them. So I do think that it has become heavily saturated And I do think that there are still a lot of playlists out there that do hold a lot of value. But the reality is getting on them, a a lot of people are going to extreme measures to get noticed. And a lot of the ways they're doing that, maybe not a surprise to a lot of people, is that they're gaining a significant following on social media and then trying their hand at getting their music on a playlist. Mm. And what's happening is that people are looking at their following on social media and going, well, we would love our playlist to reach their following. So if we add this song, maybe they'll share it with their network and they'll tell people about it as well. And that's why there's that that kind of tit for tat, um, you know, unspoken request where 
when someone includes you know, not just a, a an editorial playlist, but when a brand or a user generated playlist includes your song, there is that expectation to tweet about it, to create a story, share it on Instagram. That that type of expectation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and even if there's no expectation said verbally or in writing, right? It would be in the artist's best interest to do that because yeah. it's the power of a thank you. It's the power of <laughs> yes. one single tweet or one swipe up on Instagram or well, it's not a swipe up anymore. It's a link in the story. But yeah. doing that, the amount of times where I've seen an artist that got added to a playlist and I've said, cool, um, you know, this may sound weird, but did you thank them anywhere? Yeah. And they go, oh, no, I, I, because I found out because I went to this website and it showed me I was added to the playlist. And I go, well, that's cool. But wouldn't it be nice if they knew that you saw that your song was added, you said a quick thank you to them, and you shared that playlist because they didn't ask for anything else in return. Yeah. Doing that could be the difference between your next track being considered and your next track perhaps being ignored. Yeah, absolutely. Because if people have the perception that you're not even aware that you've done something great, then why would they do it again? And I compare it to in a day job. Um, whatever industry you're in, whatever you're doing, if you do something awesome that's really going to benefit the company, other employees and you don't tell anyone about it and they don't know you did it, then you won't get thanked for that. No one will show any appreciation and you may not get rewarded. And it's it's the same with this side of it as well. You, If you get added to a playlist, if somebody supports your music, thank them. You know, it's, yeah, um, yeah. You'd thank them if you saw them in person, they did it for you. It's no different if you're online in different parts of the world. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I forgot to say when we started off, congratulations on your new book that came out earlier this year. It's the second edition of, of Work Hard, Playlist Hard. What kind of updates were necessary? Why did you feel the need to update it? Uh, I mean, a, a, any book about tech eventually becomes a, a victim of time, but uh, talk, to me, talk to me about that. Yeah, sure. And me to it because I wanted to congratulate you on your book as well. I, um, uh, <laughs> thank you. I I was extremely grateful to get the early preview and I'll be honest, it kind of had me at some points going, damn, I, f- I feel like I missed that in mine, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's okay. Because yeah, I will gladly recommend your book to people and tell people to go and check it out as well. So, Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, but um, As for the second edition of the book, it had been two years since the first edition had come out in paperback and available in bookstores. And before that, it was just a PDF document, which to be honest, for anyone that's listening, giving out a free book is cool or selling it as a PDF online. But honestly, I wish this wasn't the case, but I found out a lot of people didn't really take it seriously that I wrote a book until they saw the physical copy. Uh, And, (laughs) you know, I, I, um, I had a suspicion that was the case and surely enough, you know, it kind of almost felt 
and this sounds terrible, but it almost felt like when I first had it as just a PDF, people were like, oh, that's cute. You know, what funnel will I go into if I download it? That's right. And I'm like, yeah. wait, I'm selling it. And that's they're like, the- but could, could you just send it to me if it's a PDF? Yeah, I'm like, totally. What a perception, eh? Exactly. So getting that paperback book, um, and we could do a whole nother podcast about distribution, but um, <laughs> fast forwarding to the reasons for the second edition, obviously a lot has changed. I mean, honestly, I considered changing the title, but so many people know Work Hard, Playlist Hard yeah. more than they know my name. So I realized it would be like completely starting again. And it's still the same book, essentially. It's just expanded. So there's over 140 new pages in addition to what was in the first edition. And I updated it all. Some of it, yes, I'll admit, is screenshots as well uh, because there's certain things where I wanted that visual in the book to show people, here's what a Spotify canvas looks like when it pops up in the mobile Oh, for sure. Or here's what a Twitter embed card looks like for Apple Music. Instead of just saying, you should do this, Oh, it's, yeah. This is what it would look like in the Twitter feed. Things like that. You don't need to put that um, you don't need to put that qualifier at all. I mean, I was just reading the, the 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 part about uploading to Spotify for artists or pitching to Spotify for artists and there's a step-by-step visual process of that in your book and it's like people need that. I mean, it, it it's common mm-hmm. for a lot of us, but for for new artists and for new record labels, that's something they have to learn and I find that very helpful. Exactly. And the way it works is if you already know how to pitch, you'll skip that page. But if you don't, at least those steps are there for you. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the amount of times that I've laid out the steps and someone has said, wow, I actually missed out on an opportunity because I didn't submit at least seven days prior. And you put that in there and explained right. why it's important. So that's that's why it's in, it's extremely important to go into this level of detail. And... You know, I we're all human. We miss things sometimes. Sometimes we need a reminder and a refresher. Sometimes we don't catch every update from all of the four artists tools that are out there. Mm-hmm. So that's really the direction I went this time. You know, I still had all of the playlists side, of course, why artists should cur- curate their own playlists, how you can reach out and pitch for editorial. But I wanted to go beyond that and say, well, here's a, a bunch of other things that you can do which will help establish your pre- your presence on these streaming platforms and ultimately lead to a more likely chance that you will end up on playlists if you follow these steps as opposed to just going, okay, here's, here's all the work you've got to do four hours a day reaching out to playlist curators. It's like, nah, yeah. there's... Um, there's other things that are more important that you can do. And so that's why I really wanted to do that and also highlight platforms outside of the ones that we all know. Yes. Because yes. the amount of times that I've had to say to someone, just because you listen to music on Amazon Music or Apple or Spotify doesn't mean that everyone else does. And there's streaming platforms around the world like Angami, GeoSub, and Boomplay that are bigger because they're either based in those countries or because they've been there longer. And there's no reason why you can't have a presence on all of them. Mm. I, I love that about your teaching, and, and I've watched your, your YouTube workshops before, and you walk people through that process. And, and I mean, I know for me, you know, 
maybe 70 to 80% of my my revenue, my, my streaming revenue comes from Spotify, but um, you know, there's still, and that might even be a bit high, you know, there's still a lot of revenue that comes from all those other platforms put together. I'm a little bit lazy in that, you know, I put a lot of my effort into to, into my Spotify people, which is not necessarily the best practice. Is that true? Yeah, and the funny thing is, if you start putting less effort, I don't want to say less effort, but if you start putting effort into other platforms outside of Spotify, you're likely to see those numbers change over That's time. That's right. Good and, point. Yeah. And there's people out there that platforms like Pandora, which Pandora is only available in the US, so a lot of people tend to ignore it or not pay attention to it. But I say, look, 60 million unique monthly listeners. Hmm. And not only that, but for some very specific genres, there's people on there that are making a very, very nice living. There's people in new age music, classical music, even chill music that are programmed heavily across Pandora radio and obviously the Pandora on-demand service as well. And there's people with a million monthly listeners, which means at least 1 million streams because each individual person has listened once. Right. And they're set. Yeah. And all because they went into Pandora and followed the extra steps to submit their music so that it gets reviewed by a human, it gets tagged correctly, and it goes into higher rotation on Pandora radio. I mean, okay, a number of those listeners may be passive listeners, but you're still going to find some fans on there in the process as well, and you're going to make a very nice income. And I know, I know a few people that have, from Pandora alone they've been able to give up their day job and focus full-time on music. And that's crazy. as a result, they've been able to pay attention to other platforms and they've started to grow their following and their presence on those as well. I, I find that really interesting when you find a platform that is um, friendlier to uh, a specific genre. I think that's something that a lot of labels, uh, especially labels that have a genre, uh, that a lot of labels need to pay attention to. And it's something I, I don't think we think about that often is that, hey, you know, our audience might be more over on this platform or their behaviors or their listening habits might look a, a certain sort of way and then, and then catering to those. That's very interesting. Exactly. And to reach them on those platforms, it doesn't mean that you have to subscribe to that streaming platform and spend all your days on there listening. It just means that you request access to the back end, the back end tools that they provide for artists, all of which are free. And you do a few steps to have a stronger presence on there. And while we're on Pandora, I mean, you can go on there and record an audio message that plays before or after specific songs of yours play where you can actually address your fans and you could tell them that you have a playlist with more of your own music on there. You could tell them you've got a tour coming up. You could tell them you've got some new merch and you can even have a link pop up on their screen on their device. And as soon as you do that, they realize, wow, that song I just heard and loved, the artist just talked to me. Yeah, I'm going to go and follow them now. Yeah, And because... <laughs> 
it, it kind of reminds me of radio back in the day. The only way we knew the song that we heard was if it was back announced by the DJ after it was played. <laughs> and with Pandora, if you're listening to Pandora all day while you're going about whatever you're doing, you hear a song that you love and you don't run over in time to see what it was, but then you hear the artists telling you themselves, right. that was my new song called blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Follow me. It's it's more likely that they're actually going to do that. And not only that, but remember you and remember your artist name and the pronunciation of your artist name, which is a whole nother thing we can segue into <laughs> later, which is uh, the world of voice requests and how important that is. Oh, interesting. Let me ask you about Pandora for a second because um, I, I actually don't know much about it and, and I have, uh, I have a, a report that I get on, on Monday, I think, of the previous week and it only shows tunes from like a long time ago and I, and I, I, I had assumed that my distributor was sending to them. I have a new distributor now who has requested for those voiceovers but I don't know what my Pandora stats are or what's happening with Pandora. Is music automatically uploaded to Pandora or added to it, or is it does it have that human curation like you're suggesting? How does that process work? Yeah. So I'm going to share a fun story about Pandora okay. as well as answering that question. <laughs> okay. So Pandora has been around that long that... Initially, to get your music added to Pandora, you had to mail them a physical CD. Right. They would listen to that CD and they would, if they liked the music and they wanted to add it to Pandora, they would go into iTunes. I'm not making this up. They would go into <laughs> iTunes and purchase that album. Then they would ingest it into Pandora and then they would tag it with up, there's anywhere up to 500 individual characteristics that they could tag and apply to your song to make sure that it reaches the right people. Wow. Um, nowadays, if you're, if you're working with a distributor or however you're getting your music out to all of the stores, that is half of it. That will basically say, hey, Pandora, here's another thing that's on your desk. Hopefully you get to it. What you want to do to make sure that someone actually opens that envelope on, the, on their desk and listens to that music and makes it available everywhere in Pandora is submitting it. So doing that, once you've got access to Pandora's artist marketing platform, which is available worldwide, despite Pandora only being in the US, sure. you go to amp.pandora.com. Once you're in there, there is a submit button in the top right corner or you can go to submit.pandora.com as well. And the form is really small. It's not like Spotify or Amazon editorial submission forms. It is literally, what is the UPC for the album? Pick one track from the album you'd like us to listen to. Tell us something about it if you'd like and click submit. And then the reason you don't have to add all those extra tags is because a human is actually going to listen to it and tag it for you mm. and then put it into rotation on Pandora radio stations, make it available on demand, uh, similar to how you would stream music on other platforms. And you're going to find that all of a sudden you're going to actually see your catalog within Pandora available on demand, being programmed in radio, and you're going to start to see some numbers coming in Another thing you can do, which is 
a nice little bonus is Pandora allow you to feature up to six tracks per year, up to eight weeks per track. And they, there's no request or waiting for approval. Basically, your music, once it gets more than 10 spins or 10 listens on Pandora, you will have the option to do this. And it's a very short form. Once you click submit, it, it will start usually the next day being featured. What happens is it goes in front of a larger audience across Pandora radio stations and they get feedback from the audience in the way of a thumbs up or a thumbs down or are they skipping this song? Right. And I've seen some artists that have had large numbers as a result of this. I mean, yes, you could get 400 streams over eight weeks by doing this, but I've seen artists getting in the thousands and some artists have the right song that reaches the right people and they end up getting hundreds of thousands of streams. And this is free. Wow. Uh, at the very least, you will get more streams by filling out this submission form that they provide because you will go in front of a larger audience during those eight weeks. And, and is this and you called can do the, this for any song that and this came is, out in the last 12 months. Okay, and this is the this is called, a, is this a single promotion? Or, yes, it will, or feature track. it will also look like that in Okay. Edge. Oh, I see. And so all you have to also do is... Also known as a featured track. But okay. a single promotion can include an audio message right. in addition to that featured track. Oh my gosh. I, I, You know what? Whenever I discover these things, it's kind of like like just, like realizing that your house is built on a gold mine. You're like, oh man, well, I, I, I should have done been doing this a long time ago. Because as you're talking, I'm on the, the, the platform, which I already have an account. I don't think I've signed in in years. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Here's what he's talking about. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. So this this is exactly why I, I do what I do. Because I have all of this in my head and I have to get it out and I want to help others. So well, I, not I, only that, but... People will call me out if I if I forget something with my own music releases, and it's <laughs> hilarious, but yeah. it's also awesome because they'll say, "Hey, you didn't upload a Canva." Um, I mean, a canvas. You know, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, yeah I, I I'm going to do that right now." I know. <laughs> well, actually, that segues into. I actually wanted to ask you exactly about that. And by the way, I get Canva and Canvas mixed up all the time, just because oh, yeah. you can make your canvas on Canva. But I I want. We're talking recently on the show with another label and we were talking about platform best practices you know for example this spotify canvas feature you know sh should artists and labels be paying attention to all of these features that a platform provides uh, and and you know it, a lot of us think oh th that's not for us i don't even know why that exists i don't see the benefit of it and we kind of disregard it but i i often have been thinking a little bit more recently does being an obedient user increase our chances of being featured or doing better on the platform? It's an interesting one. Do you mean an obedient user as in a listener that's just understanding how no, the platform like, works for the listener? No, what we were just talking about Pandora, I mean, okay. I'm looking at all these features like featuring a single or uh, uploading an audio message. I normally would have just been too lazy to do this but I and Spotify Canvas is another example. I don't see the benefit as a music fan. I don't care about them, but 
I would imagine that Spotify has built this feature. They're happy with it. They're, they think it's important. They've done their research. And therefore, it's important that, uh, that we, we do these things that they tell us to do. Is that true? Yeah. So I totally hear what you're saying. There's so many things that you can do. It's, and you, a lot of people are wondering, is it worth the time and yeah. the money mm-hmm. to invest into this? Spotify Canvas... The numbers that I've seen, I wish I had something I could quote in front of me, but basically they're showing that listeners are sticking around longer and it's holding their attention longer if there's a visual that they can look at while they're listening on the mobile app. Right. So the other thing that I say is if you create a a canvas for Spotify, which is up to 15 seconds or thereabouts, a looping visual... That doesn't have to be the only place you use it. Apple, Amazon, a number of the other platforms are rolling out something very similar. So you will be able to repurpose what you've created on other DSPs as well. But not only that, you can use it in things like Instagram stories. Uh, GeoSarvan have their own thing called Shorties, which is very much the same as Spotify Canvas. So you can upload mm. it there. YouTube have shorts and then there's TikTok depending on what the visual looks like. If it's uh, worthy, you could share it as, uh, on TikTok as well. So there's a number of different places you can use that one piece of content and no one is going to get upset that you're using it in multiple places. Oh, sure. You know, Even if you were one of the largest artists in the world, if you created it yourself and someone didn't fund it and bring you into a studio and create it for you for their platform, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and repurpose and use it everywhere you can. And so doing some of these things that we as as artists maybe don't see the benefit in uh, explicitly, but um, doing some of these things that platforms suggest we do, like the the voiceover with Pandora or the canvas with uh, Spotify um, or lyrics uh, on on Apple, is it is it does it increase our chances of of the track being featured or or being successful? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Great answer. And <laughs> not only that, but the other thing that you have to keep in mind is all of these platforms create these tools for artists. They are then monitoring who is using it. And they want to see it succeed, which yeah. means that they want the artist to succeed. So you just mentioned lyrics, which is great because um, we've Spotify recently brought lyrics back into the app. Apple Music have had them for some time now. And a lot of these streaming platforms are going in the direction of having synced lyrics, which means that it's essentially karaoke. While you're listening uh, yeah. to the song, the lyrics are going in time. The same way you've probably seen if you've used a song in an Instagram story and the lyrics appear on the story. So what I really like about lyrics is, yes, that's cool for the karaoke sing-along side, but what I find really interesting is if you don't know the name of a song, but you know a few words from that song, you can actually use your voice and request the voice assistant you have. I won't use their names. And you could say, hey, voice assistant, play the song that goes, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100%. And you're going to get Lizzo, (laughs) Truth Hurts. (laughs) And if you don't use your voice for that request, you can type that in. Uh, So 
in most of these apps now, if you started typing, I just took a DNA test, it's going to return the results for Lizzo Trufertz as wow. well. And part of the reason I feel this has happened is because of things like TikTok, where people are so focused on the video content. They've heard that audio a hundred times. Yeah. They've never taken, they've never bothered to look at the bottom of the screen to see who the artist and song title is. Yeah. But they've got those lyrics stuck in their head. They could quote that same 10, 15 seconds of that track word for word. And that's how they're actually finding music now. Well, and that's not, yeah, and, and that's very true with TikTok. But I mean, that's always, that's been the case, like you said, with radio for the past, you know, 50 years. It's, it's just, you remember this one line, it's the chorus. And then, you know, for some reason, the song title is a, a totally weird title that doesn't have any relation to the chorus lyrics. But um, that's very interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. And one thing that I, I'm really glad they've gone this direction with lyrics is there was a point where TikTok was, when it was first taking off, that obviously TikToks, when people use a song in a video on TikTok, they're not using the song from zero seconds in. They're using it from yeah. a cue point, which is the same as the preview start time when you distribute music to iTunes and stores like that. That is the cue point for the iTunes preview, Amazon store preview, and TikTok. And so what was happening is a lot of the major record labels, songs were going viral on TikTok and people were searching for them and trying to find them. So they would end up actually changing the song title to match the words that are heard in TikTok wow. and so that people could find it easier. And thank goodness they didn't keep that up because wow. <laughs> I... I feel like it's important for us to learn the song title that the artist originally created and <laughs> yeah. learn more about the song as opposed to the same four words on loop. Let's go back to Spotify for artists for a second. Um, sure. I, I don't even know if the last time we talked, if the the playlist pitching service was even a thing, you know, three years ago. I can't remember if we talked about that, but I've heard now, and, and you would know better than me, that it's that they're receiving that Spotify is ingesting something in the neighborhood of 60,000 new songs a day. Uh, what do we need to know about Spotify for artists and, and using that specifically using that pitching tool to get songs on, on editorial playlists? What does that look like in, in 2022? Yeah. And I know that number is shocking. Actually, it's significantly higher than that now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but one thing that's worth keeping in mind is, yes, we, we might be getting close to 100,000 songs a day getting wow. added to Spotify, but there's nowhere near 100,000 submissions sure. in Spotify for artists. Sure. And, you know, there's prior to that submission form, it was you could hunt online, find a Google form that mm -hmm. no longer exists, so don't bother looking. You could try and email and DM and all of these things. And Spotify wanted to make it as fair as they could by giving everyone the same submission process to follow. Obviously, labels will still have meetings with Spotify and things like that. Yeah. But for everyone else, it gives them an opportunity to use the same form to submit their music. And... When this first launched, everyone was just all about getting on playlists, getting on playlists, mm -hmm. and that's all they wanted from this. And that's all they thought it was about. And so what I've been trying to ex explain to artists is that 
this form asks a lot more questions than just why would you like to be on a playlist? It's asking you to tell them information about your song because they don't have time to listen to 100,000 songs every day. So tell us what it is. And you can say, well, here's the mood, here's the genre, here's the instruments used. The vocalist is female. Here's the location where the song was recorded. Here's the city in the world where it will most resonate with listeners. Mm. All this extra information that you're plugging in is not just about getting on playlists. It's about where your music will be delivered to listeners within Spotify in places like Discover Weekly, Release Radar, when they have continuous listening on and it just starts delivering similar artists, mm. things like that. Very interesting. And I'll be honest, with Spotify, the largest number of streams from any playlist I've seen on there over the years with my own music has been Discover Weekly. Yeah, same. And I believe same. it's over 1.2 million streams. Wow. And that's good Discover point. Weekly is catered to the listener. So we could be having a success on, on with this pitching platform and we don't even know it. We don't get the the new single comes out, we don't get a a, a tangible playlist, but uh but something could be happening in the background that's benefiting that track and we don't even know it. Exactly. You imagine that you have a track that is traveling around with no information on it whatsoever and then you have another track next to it that's basically the same, just as good of a track and it has all of this information hanging off of it like chill piano sounds like this artist would fit these kind of situations and it's going to make it a lot easier for that song to get discovered by more people and get delivered to more listeners as well and the other thing is that as more and more people request using their voice they're not necessarily requesting a specific playlist. They're saying, give me music for working out or give me music for this or that. And so a lot of this is being delivered through radio stations instead of playlists now. And Spotify, while they don't necessarily advertise it as much because everyone is so playlist focused, there's a whole side to Spotify that is radio um, and not traditional FM broadcast mm -hmm. radio that we're used to, but... Uh, in the way of a continuous feed of music. And more exciting is that it's customized for the listener. So one thing that I say to anyone that questions how popular radio could be within Spotify is open the app store on your phone. There is an app called Stations that was created by Spotify. It's been out for more than two years. And you log in with your free or premium account and it's Spotify, but purely radio. You can just tell them an artist you want to hear or multiple artists or um, choose a station and it will just keep going. And you can switch between them on the fly while you're driving. And what I did for fun was I actually started a radio station based on my Discover Weekly and I just geeked out for an entire day discovering new music and oh I just had an endless feed. Goodness. And, and it's non-interactive with that. Is that true? Uh, you can still skip. Yeah, you can't play a particular song as such, but okay. you can still skip if you hear oh, something you don't like. Okay, of course. Okay, that is very interesting. I had a, I had no idea that that's even an app. And 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 it's funny you mentioned that because I'm I'm in the same position with you. Um, 
probably my my biggest playlist would be Discover Weekly. And recently, my second biggest would be this thing that's just called radio. And I've been seeing these daily numbers coming in from radio. And I, I didn't even really know what that was because as a I don't generally use Spotify, but when I do, I hadn't seen that concept before. So that's really interesting to know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is the case with many other streaming platforms as well. You know, I mean, with Amazon Music, they have an editorial pitch form now, just like Spotify. And they even state on there that you're not pitching just for playlists. You're pitching for editorial consideration across Amazon and features across Amazon in general, which can include radio and other things uh, as well. Sure. So it's it's no longer just getting on a playlist. You're you're opening up so many other potential opportunities for your music to be heard and discovered throughout these platforms by doing these little things that they tell you to do. Let me ask you. Uh, let me uh, um, put yourself in the position of a of a a small record label that is breaking a new artist a very the very first debut single from an artist that that no one's heard of or it's a new album and they're pitching one song or whatever and they're using spotify or they're using the spotify for artist tool um there's you know 99.9% of the time they're not going to have that song pulled from Spotify for Artists and put on a, a, a great editorial playlist. In a lot of cases, I, I hear, you know, a, across most indie genres that that the song just doesn't really do anything on, on Spotify. W- what should uh, a label do when they're breaking a brand new artist that really has no following to start off with and, and is just kind of new in everything? Yeah, definitely. So brand new artist, never released a track before. I would look at blogs. And mm. the reason for that is, okay, a blog may not have a, a reach that is going to get you in front of everyone, but it is going to give you a piece of writing where someone has written about your music and taken the time to listen. And blogs are still heavily respected and people do trust them. Um and, you know, I mean, let's just say, for example, SubmitHub is mm-hmm. one place where you can find blogs. What I've seen successful for a new artist is they've looked at Hype Machine, which looks at hundreds of blogs around the world that are active. And they have their own charts based on genres and how many times a song has been mentioned or written about in specific blogs. And there have been interviews in the past where editors at different streaming platforms have said, we still look at SoundCloud because we like to hear the music before it comes out. We still look at blogs. We still listen to music when we're out. We still do all of those things because we don't want to miss it and we want to hear it before it's out. Interesting. And so blogs is a great way to do that. And I've seen a number of artists over the years where they've ended up on fresh finds with their first or second release as a new artist because of blog features, which were noticed by editors, which have led to them going on fresh finds because they're fresh, meaning new. Yeah, And that can be a gateway into other playlists if a song performs well on there. So there is opportunities for artists that have zero followers and zero monthly listeners and a brand new to get noticed. 
Let me let me ask you because this segues the blogs. I want to ask you a little bit about user generated playlists, which you talk about a lot in your book. And and um, you know, probably the last time I talked to you, user generated playlists were, you know, perhaps bigger than they are today, or or more powerful than they are today. And I remember, I think it was you on this show who had kind of tipped off that that Spotify may not like user-generated playlists because it's not them in control. Um, and I know that you've kind of got onto the scene, or I certainly found out about Work Hard, Playlist Hard through the user-generated playlists you made. So talk to me about what's happening with UGPs and, and what role they should play in our promotional strategy. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I just want to be clear. I I've never heard someone from Spotify say, we don't like user-generated playlists. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but I do understand why a number of people may feel that way because yeah. they don't show up in search results. They have trouble where their, their playlist disappears one day or things like that and they have to get it back. I They are still important, but... I don't think they're getting the amount of reach that they used to get because of the fact that the floodgates have opened up and everyone is creating playlists. And not only that, they're getting playlists created for them. Like when you get your Spotify wrapped, here's a playlist of your favorite yeah, music. Right. Um, you know, so it's, I don't see it as being frowned upon, but. I want to be clear that the concern is around those playlists that maybe aren't as well curated where it could be obvious that a person is taking payment and just putting any song in there. Sure. And of course, what happens is the person that is taking money to place those songs doesn't get punished because they'll just change their name and do it again. And they know that it's not illegal as such. Um, for them to participate in that. So instead, the artists end up getting punished because they're the ones that will profit from those streams, which is heartbreaking, but that's the reason why we continue to just say, don't pay for streams, don't buy streams, don't pay to get into a playlist. It's not worth it. Um, The... It's kind of under the same umbrella is brand playlists, and you talk about it in your book as well. Um, you know, playlists put together by companies like Starbucks or H and M. And I actually had a track recently on a playlist by Dropbox, which was really strange wow. for me. It was like an official <laughs> Dropbox curated playlist. I don't think it actually generated much. I mean, it did a little bit, but. Um, how can, these are the 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 playlists that interest me the most, and in my opinion, are are some of the most coveted for me as as a label and as an independent artist. Um, and I want to ask you how our our listeners can develop a strategy that involves somehow pitching to these brands because I like this idea so much more. Um, in my mind, it's easier to connect an artist's style to that of a customer of a specific brand. I could name a handful of brands right now that I know their core audience would probably appreciate my music. And so uh, how can we develop any sort of strategy with brand playlists? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I guess I'll go over the most basic <laughs> things first and yeah. then I'll get into yeah, yeah. more detail. but. Number one is follow that brand and follow them on multiple platforms. And, you know, if we're talking about LinkedIn, 
it's not uncommon for larger brands to have someone who oversees music. It could be music for their events and things like that. They may have in-store performances mm. and they're likely the person that oversees that playlist. Interesting. Outside of that, you mentioned Starbucks. I'll be honest, all that I did was I followed Starbucks music on Twitter. They yeah. have their own music account for Starbucks, not so it's at Starbucks music. Okay. I followed them and I turned on tweet notifications. So anytime they went and posted a tweet, I got an instant notification on my phone. So I knew that someone was live on that account tweeting and I would message them at that time. Oh. And it actually worked out really well. I had a few songs that ended up on their coffee house playlist and oh, one wow. of their other pop playlists that they had. And they've got some, some large listening numbers. And the other thing that you can do is if you end up in this case, we got on the Starbucks playlist. We then went to the background music company that programs music in Starbucks, uh, which at the time was Soundtrack Your Brand. I'm not sure if it still is, but just said to them, hey, we've got this song. It's programmed on the Spotify Coffeehouse playlist. We'd love to send you, you know, an extended version of the song and a, ra a radio edit as well. Uh, for your consideration for programming to play in the physical locations mm. because that was run separately. Right. And as a result, the song starts getting played in Starbucks locations around the US and wow. sometimes around the world, depending. And you're now on a playlist on Spotify, but you're also getting played in physical locations around the world and getting royalties on that as well. So... That's crazy. Definitely follow and follow the right accounts. Yeah. You know, it's um okay, Nike, yes, you could follow Nike and try and DM Nike. But if Nike have a Nike music account, you should be going to them first. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I mean the like the Starbucks general line is not your that's so smart. I man, I can't believe that. <laughs> what a genius. And it worked. And it's like it's such a smaller, probably a much smaller account, you know. Uh, so your chances of it working. I mean, listen, all of our listeners are gonna do that now when this episode airs. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it before I air this episode. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, I mean the the thing with Starbucks, which is interesting, is that they used to sell music in Starbucks locations yes, in the 90s. I remember they actually that. had a record label when they were releasing their own compilations. And now it's they still have those people that love music. And that's why they have their playlists now that they curate. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I feel like the connection with Spotify, I remember they had an, uh, an Apple partnership too years ago where you, you would, could walk in and open your iPhone and somehow find out what was playing on the overhead stereo and connect it to iTunes. I don't know how long that mm -hmm. lasts, but it, you know, the, uh, they've always been a brand. And I think there's a lot of other brands too, where you walk in it, walk in and whether it's Zara or H&M and you, you hear music that just feels like it's um, so intentionally curated to that demographic. Um, and that's something that has always interested me, um, you know, thinking, I've got this artist, the very unique artist, but I know that similar people are buying these products or whatnot. And so that's something that's always been really interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, it's one of those things that one opportunity can lead to another. And it's as simple as asking and letting letting someone know, making them aware of 
what you've already achieved. So, you know, hey, we're programmed on the spot. This Starbucks coffee coffee house playlist. Here's a screenshot of it, or here's a link to the playlist, so they know that you're not making it up. Yeah, and that's enough reason for the other people to at least listen and see why it was programmed because they may want to program it themselves. One of the things see, that's, that, it's the power of asking, right? Right, and, and and the other thing too is this: the idea of of how one opportunity snowballs into other opportunities, and I, and 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 maybe you've noticed this, uh, and maybe it's just an algorithm, uh, or maybe it's people. But I've noticed, you know, we I had a track that was that was picked up a couple months ago by a user generated playlist, a, a very uh, a very highly curated maybe a 15 song playlist that's updated every week and and it's very popular and I I emailed that person I had worked with them before and they included my track on this playlist the the the, the day that that happened there were all of these other playlists that included the exact same track and I was thinking I bet you people are watching his playlist and stealing his curation because all of yep. a sudden it just blew up from there. That is becoming very common. And not only that, but there are a number of playlist tools out there now where you can replicate a playlist. Oh. Ideally, you're meant to replicate your own, maybe as a backup playlist of your Discover Weekly or something like that. But there are people that are just straight up replicating a, a playlist that's well curated. And I mean, it's a it's a win for the artists, but yeah. it kind of sucks for the person that puts all their heart and all their time and energy into finding these music and curating it that they don't get the the listener base and the followers because ten other people copy what they've done. But I've had some people where I've who are independent curators with large followings and their playlists are replicated and copied. And I asked them, I said, does that upset you? And they said, well, it's a little upsetting that we're being copied, but we're extremely happy because it means more listeners for the artists. And yeah. that's the reason we started True. this, is to help the artists to get more listeners. So that's great. They're the good ones. They're the ones that <laughs> you want to find, the people yeah. where they're, they're doing this because they love helping to unearth new talent and put artists in front of a larger audience. Um, uh, let's go back to social media for a moment, and I know you've touched on it a little bit. Um, I feel like the social media tools, especially Instagram, have been improving for connecting our audience on on social on Instagram back to Spotify specifically. Um, what role does social media play in an artist or label's streaming success? I feel like it plays an even bigger part nowadays than it used to. Mm. And the reason for that is that people want to connect with the artists beyond just their music. They want to know what's going on in their life. What are they interested in outside of music? What are they doing? You know, things like that. And they look at them as a friend. And so with social media, what I've seen more and more now is it's not just artists posting artwork for that release that's coming out in six weeks. Uh, a lot of people are more focused on the now. So it's, I'm in the studio right now yeah. recording new music. Here's 
a 30-second clip of the process of me doing this. And people want to follow that journey. And, you know, I mean, obviously with with COVID as well, um, if an artist became unwell, people want to know how they're doing. Are they okay? Sure. Are they, are they bouncing back? What was it like? Things like that. So what I like is that for the most part, the artist can just be authentic, genuine, be themselves. And it shouldn't be too much of a challenge for them to do that. Whereas before I felt social media was just about these extremely polished photos and it didn't seem very genuine that the person was actually there and mm-hmm. felt like everything was scheduled and scripted in a way. Um, and sometimes I was an artist not being lazy, but but actually trying to be more mysterious and prestigious intentionally. Um, and it would it would accidentally have the opposite effect. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've seen all kinds. I've seen artists that have created a social media account and you have to request to follow them. Yeah. And right. they let that build up. And then one day they just go ahead and they approve everyone. And there could be 2,000 people and they feel like they've all been invited into this exclusive club. And all of a sudden there's all these posts that they can see that they hadn't seen before. And Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's... um. I mean, another one I saw was something like, once I get to X number of followers, I'm making this account private. And everyone panicked. Oh, that's FOMO, cool. They went, I don't want to miss out. Oh, that's cool. It's like almost like a free Patreon, sort of. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, is there... You know, I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but you know, <laughs> the talking about the paper paper stream rate and and you know we've been talking about all these strategies that artists can do to uh, to take success into their own hands and not necessarily wait for that lucky break of getting on a playlist but um you know if the streaming rates did go up a little bit or if the music fans were to pay a, a higher monthly fee um it might make streaming a little bit more sustainable for people what what are your thoughts on that yeah it's a tough one because I mean, I would happily pay more for streaming because I use it and I know how much I used to spend on purchasing CDs and records sure. and things like that. But the reality is there would be a lot of people that would say, do I want to pay more for this or do I just want to switch to the free version which would then mean the artists get paid even less per stream yeah or switch switch to a cheaper alternative so i i would love to see artists get paid more absolutely no doubt about that but i still feel like if it does go up it wouldn't go up enough to make a difference, to, that's a right. significant difference, I should say. Yeah, to end the conversation, um, it wouldn't. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so what I do is I kind of look at it and I go, well, yes, we should still ask for more money and we should still be out there pushing that and and everything, absolutely. But beyond that, what can we do right now? Mm. You know, And that's why I really like to focus a lot of time telling artists about the other things like, okay, you've got a new album coming out. You know that streaming 
potentially could generate this much money, but how about some merchandise to complement that album release? How about 100 exclusive hoodies? And once they're sold out, they're gone. And just tell your fans because that could sell out overnight if you've got a large enough mailing list and you've got enough super fans out there that would do that. And the same with live streaming, whether it's Twitch or uh, Reddit or other platforms. If you go live and people can start essentially throwing money at the screen you could put your paypal on the screen you can i've seen artists have a qr code watermarked in the bottom left corner while they're live streaming so anyone can just point their phone at the screen and send money directly to the artist wow yeah that's really cool that's not a bad idea it's one of those things if you make it easy (laughs) you're more likely that people will do that for you yeah you know it's like if i um if I walked up to you right now and said, I got this brand new hoodie, do you like it? You'd go, yeah, I didn't know you had it. Yeah, and I can buy it, done. Yeah, you know, It's as easy as that. You have to put these things out in front of people and let them know. Um, because I don't think I've ever reached out to an artist that I like and said, hey, what's your PayPal? I want to send you 20 bucks because I enjoy listening to your music. But if they put it up on socials and said, so we're in the process of recording the next album and, um, you know, we'd love to book a studio for a few days. If, if you're open to contributing a few bucks, here's our PayPal. You can be sure that people would be happy to do that if they could. It, you're so right. Um, and, and I know that's true yeah. because I, I, as a music fan, there are artists who are not, you know, they're, they're very obscure artists, unheard artists who are really meaningful to me. And I, I don't really even really want to join their Patreon because I don't want um, to trickle out $2 a month or, but you know, if, if somebody were to do that um, and I don't need all the bonuses or whatever, I, I would have no problem sending someone $50. Uh, I think that's, you know, it's so surprising. We, we think that nobody cares, but you know, some people out there would just out of nowhere send, send you a hundred dollars just because they love what you do. Yeah, definitely. It's the power of asking. And the reason I I thought about this was years ago, I saw someone who posted on, I believe it was Twitter, and they said, look, this is going to sound kind of weird, but we're trying to fund our own tour. We're basically going to break even on every gig because we have to pay for our hotel to stay the night and we have to pay for our own transport. If anyone has any frequent flyer miles that they're not using from any of the major US airlines, (laughs) would you be interested in sending them to us? Because it all helps. And surprisingly, there were people that went, you know, I don't fly with this particular airline anymore and I've got 10,000 miles. Yeah, I'll just transfer them to you. Oh my goodness. And, um, you know, how cool is that? Something that you may not ever use again for whatever reason. You can gift to an artist that could lead to the helping them get to that next gig where they, you know, it, it, so much could happen from that. Well, you talk about the power of asking and there's other things like saying, you know, um, asking other artists uh, to to make your new album or your new single or ask the artist on your label to promote your the label's newest release by putting it as their featured track on Spotify, or um, or asking fans to leave a review uh, or like a video on on YouTube and comment on YouTube to help the other. Even just doing these things, asking artists to, or sorry, asking fans to do something that they may not 
realize has a, a significant impact. Exactly. You know, uh, it's, um, and it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah, that's right. I, I, there's, um, speaking of it doesn't hurt to ask, I have one more question for you that's a little bit, um, it, you know, it's delicate. And, and But I know it comes up in our, our community a lot. And, and it's this question of, uh, are there any legit payola scenarios or companies that you've seen? I, I, um, I know that our people get contacted all the time about, Playlist pushers and and the general assumption is that it's unethical or or just at the very least ineffective. Is there any legitimate paid strategy that that labels could invest in to help uh, their artists, other than just you know paying for a publicist? Let's put. Put it this way: there may be some legitimate ones out. They don't. Have- they basically have, and the way that you're going to find those is by asking other people who they've used. So if you, similar to you or an artist you're working with, and you go to their Spotify discovered on section and you look at up to the top 50 playlists that are delivering the highest number of streams and you see that they're actually not editorial and the playlists that are well curated and you enjoy listening to them, I would definitely reach out and go, who did you work with? How did you reach all of these playlists? Right. And I've never had a problem asking someone. They're more than happy to tell you because they want to give that person more business. So there are ones out there that would do it legit. And the way that that works is, and this is third party, by the way, don't, Okay. Don't ever believe anyone that says pay them to get you on editorial. No. Yeah. Okay. If they had a relationship with someone that was in editorial, that wouldn't last very long. They wouldn't explore That friendship it. Yeah. would be over yeah. and they wouldn't have that access much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so this is strictly third party. Okay. But most of the ones that would be doing it legit, are uh, they have those relationships. They might even just be a, a middle person. So they might go up to these brands and say, got this artist, these are the things that they've done, their music's great, and then that brand might say, awesome, we're going to add them to the playlist. Would it be okay if they shared our playlist on their story in return? Right. And so they're working as more of a middle person than anything else. Well, that's... And I just want to confirm because um, our internet connection um, was a little bit weak at the beginning of the question. Um, but I just want to confirm that you kind of implied that... Um, anybody who is worth uh, considering or working with wouldn't be sending out these spam emails. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, correct. Okay, okay. Um, I could talk- just to add on yeah, to that. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, outside of an individual that you would find by asking others who they have worked with, um, there are some websites out there where- you can sign up as a curator and you get paid to listen and review music regardless of if you add it or not. So you're not getting paid to place it. You're getting paid for your time to listen. Mm. Um, and then on the other side, as the artist or the label, you're paying to reach those third-party curators to get them to listen to your music regardless of if they add it or not, you know that they've at least had to press play and listen and write a few words about your song. Yeah. So 
those ones are generally okay. Uh, that being said, I would recommend going onto places like Reddit and asking around because people are very quick to tell you about their experiences. Right. And the reason I'm not name dropping is because this changes so much that I don't want to say, hey, everyone should try out this service. They seem legit. Yeah. And then the next time someone listens to this in the future, that service ended up doing some shady stuff. That's right. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And I won't ask you to, to name anyone, but no, that's very interesting. Um, I, I think that... You know, it's like anything in this business and anything in life. You know, if it looks too good to be true, then it probably is too good to be true. I want to say um, I could talk to you about this for another uh, six or seven days nonstop. And if you ever want to do that, we could do a marathon uh, podcast and raise money for charity. But thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to to chat with me. My pleasure. And I, I can't believe it's been so long between catching up like this. It's I know, it's crazy. And I gotta say, and I and I'll I, I you know, I'll mention this in our intro and outro and, and of course I, I, your book is mentioned in my book and and uh, and I, I think it will be on our site, otherrecordlabels.com slash books. Um, I'll I'll put a link to it everywhere. Um, but what you know, one of the things I love about t- talking with you is that you've—I know that you've been in this business um, for a very long time, and and for something in tech, that's that's pretty rare. And so when it comes to playlisting, um, your your face just pops up into my head, <laughs> whether I like it or not. <laughs> when I think about playlisting, or or how am I going to navigate Pandora? All of a sudden, I see your. Your head just bob, you know, bobbing around in my mind. So, congratulations on on being the one to talk to in this space for so long. Thank you. That's um, that's really nice to hear. It's the the intention was never to have my face everywhere, um, <laughs> but it's one of those things that you know, I everyone will learn from whoever they want to learn from. You know, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't bother me whether you hear it from me or yourself, Scott, or anyone else. As long as this information gets out there, that's what I care about. I just want to make sure that good, safe, helpful information is reaching artists, regardless of who it comes from. Mm. As long as it's going to help them move them forward, you know, let's just keep sharing it. I totally agree. I have one more question for you that I want to save just for our patrons. If you have a couple more minutes, is that cool? Of course. To hear my extended interview with my, go to patreon.com slash other record labels, where you can support the podcast and get access to over 20 bonus episodes. To get Mike's book, go to otherrecordlabels.com slash books, where we have his great book called Work Hard, Playlist Hard, a link to that book on Amazon that you can check out. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have found this episode helpful.